Welcome to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. We hope and pray this message challenges and inspires you to live out God's truth in your life. How many of you have set something aside that said, I'm going to change in the new year, I'm going to create a resolution, a goal? How many of you got something? Maybe you haven't written it down, but you got it top of your mind, right? Okay, so how many of you would say, I don't need to change a thing, my life is perfect? Liar. Okay, now, just calling you out, bro. Now, all right, so let's, let's look at how many of you have a goal or a resolution or, or whatever you call it, and you've actually written it down? Okay, with the numbers got slimmer, all right? How many of you have written it down and you've shared it with someone else so that they can help hold you accountable for it? Okay, so I read this week, for the few of you that did that, that um, most of us don't do this. Less than 50% of us set some resolution or goal, But then I found out that only about 8% of us write it down and even less share it with someone else to to be accountable, to do something with it. And then I read that most of us, the vast majority of us, we stick with it until January 24th. Do you know how many times I have started January 1 saying this is my year to lose 100 pounds? I mean, based on that, I would be one direction gone. I mean, seriously, just, it did, you, here's what I've learned. I'm good for about three weeks. Like, I can, do, I can do almost anything for three weeks. You add three more days to it, and you get to the 24th, I'm eating a donut. Are you with me? But I found out something interesting, because so I, I thought I would try to figure this one thing out. So I called my doctor, and I said, hey, doc, so if I eat well and exercise and do all the right things for five days, Monday through Friday, but I cheat on Saturday, what's the price for that? He said, well, Chuck, it's really simple. So if you eat right, you exercise, you do all the right things Monday through Friday, but Saturday, you go for a donut, it's like three of those days didn't count. All right, now let that sink in for just a minute. I made myself miserable for three days I didn't have to to have a donut. Worth every... Mm. When that light is flashing, you know what it says? You don't even have to chew the first dozen. They just go down. It's amazing. Some of you skinny, healthy people have no idea what you're missing. But we're good till the 24th. There's a list that came out from USA.gov, and it's the top 10 things that we as Americans said this is what we're going to do. Pull that slide up, guys. Let's see what we say we're going to do. So we start off, we said we're going to lose weight. That's number one. All right. We're going to manage our money. We're going to get out of debt. We're going to get physically fit. You know what's going to happen? Tomorrow at gyms all over Gwinnett County, some dude showing up with brand new headbands and wristbands and Nikes, he's going to hit that that treadmill, and he's going to start running like he was 18. But he's 45, and he's convinced that I'm going to work up from two miles to five miles. I can do this. But when he gets to like a quarter of a mile, he's dead. And he gets off of that, and it's like, okay, I'm done. I can't do this anymore, and he quits. He didn't even make it to the 24th. Eat healthy. Any of you got that one? You're going to eat better this year? No, you're not. I just want to be an encouragement to you. Learn something new. Did you know that there's an app called uh, Dua something, and, and you get to learn a new language? Susan Anderson said it's Duolingo. That's what it's called. And she has learned 1% of being fluent in Spanish this week, which is already more than Hector can do. I mean, that's amazing. 
I mean, we kind of measure how well we speak in Spanish next to Hector because all he gets is burrito and taco. Past that, he doesn't have a clue. Christy, we're counting on you. This is the year. No? Okay. Didn't even make it to the 24th. Drink less alcohol. Now, I recognize we're a Baptist church. I get that. You know the only difference between us and the Presbyterians is they talk to each other in the liquor store, right? <laughs> we're like, ah! <laughs> he saw me! <laughs> well, he was there too. That's like praying with your eyes open when you were a kid, right? You look across the table, Susie had her eyes open. How'd you know? And the same deal. Quit smoking. Like, I'm good on that one. One out of, one out of seven so far, I'm, I'm killing it. Reduce stress, which means stop being a pastor. Just quit. Cold turkey, right? Uh, take a trip somewhere. I mean, there are folks in this room who your goal is, I just want to be anywhere but where I'm at right now. And, and then to volunteer to help others. So basically, for three weeks and three days, y'all are all about it, right? And, and I'm with you. Because by January 24, we're kind of done. If you have your Bibles or you have a Bible app on your tablet or phone, open your Bibles. If you're watching at home or wherever you're at watching this online, just go ahead and pull that out. If you're watching or looking for our teaching notes, it's in the app, and you can follow along with all the scriptures that are there. You know, th that list of 10 was a pretty good list, wasn't it? I mean, it was a pretty good list. But if I, could, if I could convince you that as we start this new year, we, we ask the question, how do you eat an elephant we would all know a bite at a time. We knew that from the time we were kids. How do you eat an elephant? A bite at a time. You know what I've realized? If you stop at one bite, it grows back. Some of us have one elephant in the room. We notice it. Big elephant. Got to deal with it, right? I got to deal with that one thing. Some of us are professional elephant farmers. We've got so many elephants in the room that we just don't know what to do with it. Guys, pull that slide up so you can see. This is what many of us look like. This is our room. We got elephants everywhere, and you're a Democrat. Come on, that's funny. <laughs> Give me a break. It's the first. Y'all are still hungover from the holidays. I throw a funny out. You're supposed to laugh. That's the way the preaching thing works. But what if I could say to you that if we could get one elephant right, we could fix the others? And I know what you're saying. If you've been around Sugar Hill Church long enough, you say, "Okay, you get Jesus right, you get everything else right." Well, there was a uh, there's there's a there's a, a psychologist who teaches at the Florida State University. And he says, the reason that we don't get past January 24th, the reason why we fail so miserably in our resolutions and our goals is two things. The first one is, he says, our resolutions are too general. Our resolutions, they're, just, they're, just, they're, they're too broad. So in other words, what he's saying is, if, if your goal is, I'm going to go to the gym this year, he would say, then you need to say, I'm going to go to the gym this year, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 4.30 to 5.30. On Mondays, I'm going to do this. Wednesdays, I'm going to do that. Fridays, I'm going to do this. If you say, well, I'm going to eat healthier, then he would say, then what you ought to say is, well, I'm not going to eat fast food while I ride this year. Are you with me? And so eventually, he says, the biggest problem is a resolution too general. But secondly, there's just too many resolutions. Now, I'm, this is where I'm guilty. I like to build a spreadsheet and say, I'm going to do this like with my finances. I'm going to do this spiritually. I'm going to do this personally. I'm going to do this for my health. I'm going to do it with my family. And before long, I don't even really, I mean, I just got a cool-looking spreadsheet. And the spreadsheet becomes the goal, not the outcome. We, we treat our spiritual lives the same way. I mean, I'm going to read the Bible more this year, but, but I'm not going to use any tool to help me get there. Bobby mentioned to you, we'll start with these podcasts tomorrow that are so easy. I mean, you go for a walk and listen to it on your phone, you, in your car, while you're driving, take 
less than five minutes to listen and work through the Psalms, the Proverbs, the New Testament this year, Monday through Friday. You go down to Bodyplex, get on the, get on the treadmill, you can listen to it at home. You have it on your, your mop in the floor, you listen to it on your computer. We want to make it so easy for you that you can actually go do something. Well, if you have your Bibles, go and open in Philippians chapter 3. Paul's writing a letter to a church in a place called Philippi, and naturally then he's writing to the people that are Philippians. And in the third chapter, we begin to see how, how, how Paul gives us these three really easy tasks on how we're going to stay on the goal and on the beam longer than January 24. Now, you've heard me say this before, that if you leave Los Angeles on a Delta jet, and that jet starts off one degree too far to the south and never course corrects, if you were planning to land in Atlanta, you will land in Havana. Big difference, right? So we need some course correction. I think it's unbelievably awesome that the way God created our world is he gives us this repetitive do-over. Every day we start again. Every week we get to start again. Every month we get to start again. And in this case, every year we get to start again. And so why not look at this and say, what would God say? How can I become all God has designed me to be, desires me to be, wants me to be, and I can be? Why wouldn't we want to do that? Because, you see, when we lose, when we surrender our willingness to keep learning, we've surrendered our ability to grow, and we've surrendered our ability to become better. I don't know about you, but the last thing I need to do is stay where I'm at. I need to get better physically. I need to get better mentally. And I certainly need to get sharper spiritually. So Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 12, he gives us this new, new year's plan. He says, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. He says, now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to head in this direction. Now, notice he's talking in terms of athletics. In this case, he's running a race. And he says, now, I haven't already attained this. I'm not already perfect, but I press on. I move forward. Now, he gives us this really big picture. He says, I don't have to bring all my junk and clean it up and fix it before I can move forward. He's saying, I recognize I don't have all my junk together. He recognizes and admits, and he's, I'm not perfect. This is the first process. If we're, if we're going to learn how to eat the elephant, the first bite starts with our ability to say, wait a minute, I know I'm a messed up human. I know my junk's not right. I know I can't fix it all. As a matter of fact, when we start recognizing that we are fallible, all of a sudden, we begin to recognize our need for God. The greatest position we can be in to start eating an elephant is the recognition that we need help. I mean, this is, if, unless you want to stay an elephant farmer your whole life, at some point we need help. Not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect. Paul's admitting this. Listen, as long as you draw breath on this earth, there's something to learn. As long as there's, there's something to learn, there's something to grow into. As long as there's something to grow into, there's something we can become. And as long as there's something to become, we can become more like Christ. But this is the most amazing thing. God looks at our life and says, you are messed up people. Well, of course, look at our lives. I mean, didn't you look back at 20 and 15 and say, I wish I hadn't done that? I wish I hadn't said that. I wish I hadn't spent money on that. I wish I hadn't wasted time on that. I mean, I've looked back at 2015, and I had some colossal failures. I had relational failures. I had family failures. I had money failures. Didn't you? 
But you see, when you look back on that, you can say, wait a minute, I've got to look through the windshield, not through the rearview mirror. God has this incredible way of saying, I need you to get right with me, and it starts by pressing on. As a matter of fact, the first step to eating an elephant is to leave your past behind you. Just, just recognize we've all got a past. Maybe it was last night. Maybe it was this morning. I'm be, I'd be willing to say most of you that are in some family living experience, two of you as a couple, single moms, single dads, married couples, whatever your familial surroundings are, my guess is somewhere between January 1 at midnight, moving toward today, January 3 at noon, somewhere along that way, your family's already had some kind of spat of some kind. You know why? We're human. I mean, we just, well, there goes the new year. It's over. I can't believe she said that. I can't believe we did that. Well, guess what? Tomorrow you're going to have the same thing. Paul is saying, I need you to move beyond that. Look what he says in verse 13. I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. He's saying you can't focus on where you're going until you forget where you've been. I mean, the most beautiful thing about a relationship with God is you don't have to do your part. He's going to always do his part. And then you'll want to do your part. You see, Jesus never said, I'll tell you what, you guys fix your addictions, you guys fix your relationships, y'all fix your selfishness, you guys fix all the mess that you've created, then you come to me. Jesus said, bring me your elephants, and I'm going to help you. If you'll choose to live in me, abide in me, walk with me, obey me, we're going to eat this elephant. And you know what's going to happen? Over the course of time, you're going to see your room begin to empty up, and you can see outside the window, and you can look through the windshield. You don't have to keep looking in the back. Have you ever known somebody that you just knew them for over the course of time, and they were just a jerk? I mean, you know that person? If, if any of you are thinking it's me, you're probably right. That You laughed a little more on that one than I wanted you to, okay? But... But you know, you've ever known somebody in the way their actions were over the course of time, and, and you kind of built a wall between you and them? And, and you decided that, you know, I, I'm, I'm not letting them into my space to hurt me again, so you build a wall. And then all of a sudden, they have this radical change in, in their, their entire essence. Jesus has gotten a hold of their life, and they've radically had a heart change. And then we don't want to take the wall down yet because our thinking is January 24 is coming. They're going to be stupid again. You just wait and see. You see, I really believe what Paul is saying about our past is that when we choose to get our relationship right with God, and God says the way you get right with me is to get your heart right with Jesus, then what happens to our life in a most physical, tangible way is our heart becomes soft, our skin becomes thicker, and our soul is refreshed. You see, when we have a heart that says, I want all that God has for me, and I'm not going to live in my past, then that heart grows soft toward the things of God. Our, thin, our skin gets a little thicker, and we stop having our feelings hurt about everything that's said. And our soul becomes refreshed through the presence of abiding in Jesus. That's why we say here all the time, if we get Jesus right, we'll get everything else right. But we got to move beyond our past. Listen to what Paul says again. I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, what is the next word? Forgetting. Forgetting what lies behind. Now, the word forget doesn't mean fail to remember. Like when, when Jenny sends me to 
uh, Publix for the seventh time on, on the day before Thanksgiving, and I'm supposed to write down what she said, but on the way out, she'll say, do you want me to send you a text? No, I got it. I'm lying. I do not have it. Hence, I go back seven times. That is an inability to remember, okay? Now, this word doesn't mean failure to remember. You know what this word literally means? It means to not be influenced or affected by the past. So what the scriptures are saying to us, what Paul is writing to us is saying, forgetting, don't let your past influence your future Allow Christ to dictate your future. Allow God to dictate your future. Don't be trapped in what's behind you. Be focused on what is ahead of you. If you take water and you put it inside a riverbank and you trim it down and trim it down and then you dam it up without letting that water get outside the riverbank but forcing that water through a smaller hole, what do we do? We create electricity. We create power from it. If you take light and you take that light and you get it down into just this microscopic hole, then what do we have? We we inevitably create the ability to cut through steel with a laser. You see, this is what Paul is calling us to do. Forget the past. Remember when God says to us, I will remember your sins no more? What he's saying is, I no longer allow your past to affect your relationship with me. You see, we may build a wall between us and somebody else based on their past experience, but God doesn't. You see, when we come to God with our junk, God, I'm so sorry I said that. God, I'm sorry I broke your heart. God, I'm sorry I didn't do what I was supposed to do. God, I'm sorry I I wasted my time on this. God doesn't build a wall between us and him like we do. God says, I hear you, I forgive you, I've moved it beyond, and I'm not going to allow your past to dictate my relationship with you because he loved us first. You see, we look at that and say, I desperately need that. I need beyond my past. When I look back at my 2015, I can see some colossal failures. But if I stay there, I'm destined to fail more. But if I seek forgiveness, I can move forward. I believe Jesus is calling us to a windshield lifestyle, not a rearview mirror lifestyle. I believe Jesus is calling to say, come abide in me. Come live with me. Come trust me. Come obey me. And in that space, you can look forward. You don't have to have your future dictated by your past. The first step to eating an elephant is leave your past behind you. The second step to eating an elephant is face the future boldly. I mean, Paul gives this beautiful picture. He says in verse 13, I do not consider it that I have made it my own, but one thing I do. Paul has this action point where he says, this one thing. Now, what is the one thing? I I believe we find it throughout Scripture. When there was a wise young ruler, and and he he was young. I mean, he, he needed some more wisdom. So he comes to Jesus, and he asks this question. He says, how can I have eternal life? And the scriptures say that Jesus looked at him and he said, this one thing you lack, right? This one thing you lack. Then in another part of scripture, we find a story of an argument between two women, Mary and Martha. And the the argument is, I'm doing all the work and I'm working in the kitchen and and I'm doing all the work in the other ones, but I'm sitting at the feet of Jesus, okay? So in other words, you look at this and you say, okay, this sounds just like us, like two guys arguing over who can outserve you. It's like two guys trying to out-humble you. It's like two people, like two women at lunch, trying to, one's trying to outdo the other one with a credit card. It's like a business deal that, that two women are trying to make, and I, I'm, I'm going to outmaneuver you. And so you look at this and you say, wait a minute, what, 
This is human. This is men and women who are struggling to do exactly what's happening. We lack one thing. In the case of Mary and Martha, you know what the one thing was? Jesus says only one thing is needed here. So what's the one thing? He says in verse 14, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now let's put that in real simple terms. What he's saying is this, my goal our goal should be, our goal can be, we can take this day-to-day activity and become just wildly successful with it in 2016 when we make this one thing in our life, this, God in Christ Jesus. Get our relationship with God right through a relationship with Jesus, His Son, and when we do that, we are building a foundation. So let's just say out of those 10 goals, you've got five of them. All right, so let's say your five are, I want to lose weight, uh, I want to eat healthy, uh, I want to quit smoking, I want to drink less, and I want to help more. Okay, so let's just take those five. All right, so you take those five, and you say, okay, all of those are good goals. But what happens if you don't have any foundation under which you can succeed at those five goals? What happens then? Then what we've tried to do are some good things, but we never become wildly successful at them because we don't have the one main thing. Paul is saying there's one thing we have to get right. If we're going to do everything else, we've got to get one thing right. And what is it? We've got to be right before God in our relationship with Jesus. That's why when we get Jesus right, everything else gets right. That's why there's no need in arguing about all the other things because what Paul is saying here is when you get this right, it's good. Now, goal is the word in Greek called scopus. That's where we get the word telescope. And what it literally means is to look at. It means to focus on. And so what Paul is saying here is that I press on toward the goal for the prize. And what is he looking to? That goal, the scopus. I want to be focused, laser focused, like that river, like that light. I want to be focused in such a way that when I get this one thing right, I can get these other five right. When I get this one thing right, I can get all the things right. It's like that FSU professor. You know what? Maybe we're just saying all of the other things we want to do, but we simply don't have that foundational step that says, if I get this right, I can do the others. And so when you look at this, you say, wait a minute, how could I get this one thing? Now, some of you are sitting here saying, you know, Chuck, I'd like to help more at church. I'd like to give more at church. I'd like to do more at church. I'd like to spend more time with God. I'd I'd like to pray more. I'd like to sing more. I'd like to know more about the Bible, but I've got too many irons in the fire. Well, this is why we're going to try to make it so simple for you. Five minutes or less, Monday through Friday, to just simply go to the app and listen to these podcasts and walk through the Psalms, Proverbs, and New Testament. And you say, well, I've got too many irons in the fire. Then one of two things is wrong. You need to take some irons out or you need to put out the fire. Because if we don't get this one thing right, we're not going to get everything else right. And so we look at that and say, it is foundational. It's like a house. You can have a beautiful home, but if it's sitting on a wishy-washy foundation, it's not going to last long. Back a few years ago, uh, Sarah, one of our daughters, was at uh, UGA. And uh, so where we live and where she lived in Athens, kind of the halfway point, if you head out 316, is where you turn left, head toward Decula, kind of where that uh, quick trip is. So Jen had called her and said, I'm going to meet you halfway at the quick trip. Now Sarah, who doesn't always listen real well, said, uh, okay, Mom, got it, gone. And have you ever noticed that when you call your children on the cell phone that you pay for, they never answer? You ever notice that? But if you text them, you can get like an emoji back, right? So, so Jen's on the phone telling her, you know, the QT halfway on 316. Somehow, some way, Sarah wound up another county away from that one. 
Because, you see, she knew where to go, but she didn't know where she was. It's the same problem with us. Spiritually, we've got, we know a destination, but we need some help to get there. And Paul is saying here, listen, move, move on, but go boldly. Go big. You know, this year, if I could encourage you to do anything, I'd say, man, just dream big, pray big, live big. Trust that God wants to do this in your life. I'm asking you, just jump on board for the next 12 months, Monday through Friday. Are you willing to spend five minutes? Chuck, I don't have five minutes. Do you drive to work? Do, do you listen to something while you get dressed? Is, is your toothbrush so loud that you can't listen to a podcast? You see, here's what I believe. When we allow the Spirit of God to soften our heart and thicken our skin and refresh our soul, we are drawn rapidly into the presence of the divine. And in that time, God does an amazing work in our life. And then the rest of these goals matter. You're a successful businesswoman, then this matters. You're a successful businessman, then it matters. You're you're a successful teacher, it matters. You're a successful uh, stay-at-home dad, it matters. Because any way you look at this, we've got to get our foundation right. The first step to eating an elephant is you've got to move and leave your past behind you. You've got to face your future boldly. And then finally, I believe Paul says, you've got to stay the course. You've got to stay the course. You've got to head in the right directions. Two times, once in verse 12 and another in verse 14, Paul says this, I press on. It's the picture of behind this, 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 this unbelievably old-fashioned uh, tiller, and, and you're behind it, and, and the mules are pulling it, and you're hoeing up the ground, and, and you're just keeping your head down, and you plow on. Paul's saying nothing's going to get in the way. I'm pressing on. I'm moving toward the prize. I am heading in that direction. Now, here's the good news for you, all right? Here's the good news for you. You don't have to do a plow, Here's the good news for you. God wants to go ahead of you. He is for you. He wants to be ahead of you and and, and make your crooked path straight. He wants to go within you. He wants to bring you peace and joy, fulfillment, and contentment. He wants to come behind you and pick you up after a failure and bring you back in line. He wants to do all that for you. He calls us to action. And he says, do this. Leave your past behind. Face your future boldly. And whatever you do, stay the course. This one thing I'm going to do. Like Sugar Hill Church, why do you do communion? It's about this one thing, Jesus. Why do we baptize people like we did at 930? It's one thing. It's about Jesus. Why do we show up here on a Sunday morning to worship? This one thing. It's about Jesus. Why do we broadcast all over the world on the Internet what we do and how we try to do it and resources so we can get one thing right? You say, well, it can't be hard to get this one thing. I know. And yet it is, isn't it? You know why? We're just like the people of Israel. We do great until January 24th. I don't know how that calendar played out for the, for, for the Israelites, but it's like every so often in the Old Testament, January 24 rolled around. They're building idols again. That's us. We haven't changed that much. Leave our past behind us. Face the future boldly. I really believe God is calling us to live large. I think the world's sick and tired of all the junk that Christians say matter. And just go ahead and live for Christ. Abide in Jesus. Stop fighting with everybody in the world and just get our own heart right. I wonder what would happen if the, I don't know, 1,300, 1,400 people or so that hit here today 
I wonder if each person here said, you know what, what I'm going to do? I'm, I'm going to make Jesus this one thing in my life. And as a result, I, I'm just going to be a nicer human being. Can you imagine the change you'd see in this world? I mean, I can't even imagine what would happen if I got nice. Can you? I mean, beyond what you think is nice, but I mean the kind of nice that you look at somebody and say, man, that, that lady, she's got it. That guy, he's got it. Look at that family living graciously, generously. Look at him serving other people. And all of a sudden you say, man, that's because they've left their past behind them. They, they, they plowed ahead in the future. And they, they, they looked at something boldly. We could do this. I want you to imagine in, in your new year, every morning, the God of all creation who spoke you into existence, who spoke this universe into existence, that same God looks at you and says, come on, we can do this. Come on, we, we can do this. And in the meantime, you're looking in the mirror and saying, I can't do this. And he's saying, I know, but we can. Let's do this. God's calling us to kill it this year. Let's go do something we never imagined through the power of Jesus. And watch what he does in us and through us and for us. But we're never going to get all those things right until we get him right in our heart. Until he gets the right platform, which is above all things in our life. Until we say, like Hector saying earlier, Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. And in that moment, what we're saying to him is that I can do all things through you, Jesus, who strengthens me. And Paul is saying that's what happens when you leave your past behind. When you step into the future boldly and you stay the course. My friend, don't miss killing it. Don't miss succeeding wildly in this new year. And as you eat your elephant, allow Jesus to carry you through it because he loves you. Father, we praise you and we thank you that in this day and in this time and this fresh new year, breathe life into each of us. Breathe hope into each of us fall down and saturate us to the bone with your goodness and your grace and allow your promises to become revealed and fulfilled as we abide, as we live, as we walk with you. God, I pray we get this one thing right. In the name of Jesus, our King, our Savior, and our Lord, we pray all these things. Amen, amen, and amen. Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. For more information and to find out more about our church, please visit us at sugarhillchurch.com.